Welcome to The Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and we're here today with Michelle Rose, who's a design executive, has worked at brands like the North Face and Columbia, and who's currently known for being the founder of the Structure Society, which is a media company in its own right. I, I think I can say that, right? And it's a, and also known for the semi-annual gathering they do. It's a semi-annual gathering of the tribe for the design community. So thanks for coming on the show, Michelle. Great to see you, Colin. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Did I get, do you, do you view Structure Society as uh, its own media company? You know, I've had to really think about that when I would uh, 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 put things on forms, you know, and say, what are you? What are you? <laughs> because I came from the design and manufacturing world. And um, so, yeah, I had to start saying media, media, media company. Oh, yes, I'm a media company. Um, and so, yeah, that takes some getting used to, but I think it's accurate. Well, you're here with us today to talk about the state of design and trends in the outdoor space, maybe make some predictions about what to expect out of the outdoor and fashion space in 2024. But let's kind of sit with where things sit today. As someone with a background in design and outdoor brands, an industry where the brands itself tend to be a design differential, uh, when you look around at what's happening in the outdoor space, what are some current trends that stand out to you? Well, it's interesting when I looked at that question and thought about, um, you know, trends, because I'm not a trend forecaster, um, but I am somebody who is well connected in and talk with a lot of trend forecasters. Uh, I talk with a lot of designers and business people and, and read a lot and look at a lot of angles, even more so than I did as a designer, where I would be looking specifically at color trends, style trends, design trends. The things right now, there's a few things that I see, and first off, it's more business trends that are really rising to the top. There's hmm. challenges, like business trends and the challenges. We're seeing a lot of challenges in the industry uh, from the pandemic. We're seeing things like high inventory, low innovation, layoffs, and low morale. And so to start the conversation about what we're seeing trend-wise in the industry, I have to start there. Yeah, um, that's a good point. With that, there's also business opportunities, uh, the, the trends there. Um, because we're also seeing high sales. We're seeing a really booming industry. We know the outdoor industry is just starting to go gangbusters. I think we're really just at the beginning of something that is going to blossom, which is why I think we're going through the challenges. Um, and what the uh, what the pandemic did to the industry was, you know, kind of get some people shook out. And then you see the uh, the real trends and the real players and the real lasting things coming through. Um, the other opportunity is because of it, we're seeing a refocus on all product. We're seeing a refocus on the planet and the importance of climate change uh, and how our product affects that. But we're also seeing a refocus on people and how we choose to live and what's important to us. We're basically seeing a reinvention of everything. And those are the opportunities where we're coming in and looking at product trends feels a little bit um, secondary to all of these things right now. I don't know if you would agree. No, I, I, I'm so glad you came in with this point of view and didn't just say, well, you know, Stanley's really hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're hot with a, with a certain product and a certain, uh, you know, group I, right now. But I yes, will say, exactly. I think it's so hot. It's going to burn itself out pretty quick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have two 13 year olds who are sticking with their hydro flask purely. And I think this is how you can tell, I guess we're an outdoorsy family because of the functionality. Yeah. They're both like, yeah. 
that's ridiculous. They're walking. You have to you have to hold the handle. You can't put it in your backpack. I'm like right. smart kids. But anyway, exactly. I do think they're going to burn themselves out. But no, I think you're absolutely right. And I do think back to something you said at the beginning there, isn't it kind of funny? I never really thought of this either being in the industry or doing the show of how the mainstream is really kind of accepting the outdoors. Now I've always just seen the outdoors as sort of mainstream, like since the nineties, ever since like, you know, the hip hop community right. adopted North face and, and Timberland and those kinds of things. Yes. But this is truly like the completion of that arc that we're in now. Right. I mean, between Gorp core and all of these things that have athleisure probably kicking it off to a decade ago. Yep. And now it's yep. truly just full integration. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as you said, you and I've been in the industry and because we have been, we've been thinking about this for 25, 30, some people, 30, 40. I, I just some accepted that it's the way it was. Know, it's yeah. been a long time. And and I personally came into the industry in the late 90s, or the early 2000s was when I really dove in. And that was my, my goal was to really make it much more of a lifestyle. Um, I didn't actually, when you talk about Gorpcore, I was the person who came in and wanted to kill that look. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Instantly, right? right? Like we so loved not our hardcore, so right not authentic. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and so it, um, but also it's like, I wanted to take away that traditional outdoor look, which, you know, was really an important look, but for a lot of us, it just, we really didn't resonate. I came from a punk rock, you know, music street background and I wanted everything that the outdoor offered, but I didn't want that look. And so that started, you know, with a lot of brands like Lululemon and Arcteryx in the 90s, they already started that trend, mm -hmm. the brand now when they first started. Um, and it's taken a long time, but now people are seeing that. And, you know, I, I think for some of your questions later on, I definitely have some more to talk about. Yeah, we'll get to some so. predictions about kind of where this all goes <laughs> exactly. for sure. But I think but yeah. I think uh, t set, putting that as a table, kind of table setting with that, right, or level setting, whatever the setting phrase is we should use of the state yeah. of the business is important because that is, I mean, every, and it is a weird time. And maybe this is because of the, it's, it's uh, analogous to what's going on with like inflation where it's like, well, you know, unemployment's yes. low, but inflation's still high. It's like, well, everybody seems to be doing layoffs at these outdoor companies yet. Everyone's still kind of setting, you know, has record setting yeah. sales. Like Code Epoxy right. just laid off a bunch of people, I think this week, but then exactly. also reported that they were up this year. And I'm like, and, how do you square in the that? Same, in the same article. Um, you know, and that's, the thing is, and I've had several people say that outside the industry saying, well, but, but why are you guys having so many layoffs? All I, I'm seeing stores open up. I'm seeing the look everywhere. And that actually is what happens. You see like the dip of what happens inside of a company, trends, business, you know, jobs, anything that we see is something that, that is happening you know, long before the the rest of the world sees it. And mm -hmm. so it's like the, the rings of a tree, really. So the outside world is seeing how the business is growing. The inside of the industry is experiencing changes that need to happen to support the growth that's coming. Right. And so that's what's happening in the business world. Now, on the product trend side, you know, like the reason it's growing so much is is because like, you know, one, the health and wellness focus with people is just shot off the charts after after the pandemic um and so you're seeing so many more people diving into the athletic world to use athletic product to go hiking and do these outdoor things so they're looking for a certain look and comfort um but we're seeing the biggest trend right now obviously is that the idea of quiet outdoor following quiet luxury you know which is the the flip to gorb core and and going towards a more um subtle look 
you know, mm-hmm. more neutrals, more street focused look that we're talking about is starting to become that trend as people start to incorporate it into their lives. And then because of that, people are now also looking for, I think when I think about brands themselves, um, people are looking for things that are unique. They're looking for things that are future focused because we are starting to think about the future. We're starting to think about science and space and space travel. And that's coming back into our, our sphere of, of, uh, of acknowledgement. Um, and so people are looking for, you know, unusual blocking and unusual colors and unusual disruptive styles. Like the things that I'm seeing, uh, especially for women's outdoor, are things that we tried to do 10, 15 years ago that were not acceptable yet. They were too blocky, not feminine. Um, and that's what people want. They're playing with a lot of unique new stuff because we're in this new era of opportunity and play. But to that point on the design aesthetic, and it's interesting, I'm curious if you, what are you noticing out there? Because, you know, you go to a typical, I go to an REI, not even just an REI, I go to any place where they have kind of athletic or active apparel specifically. Mm-hmm. And I've always just described it as the sea of sameness. Mm-hmm. And whether that's mm-hmm. color, whether that's silhouette, whether that's fabrics, whatever it is, it's sort of like, well, it's just basically the same thing. But from the, the thing that's different is the, the label on the chest or, or the right. label in the, in the collar. Right. Yep. Do you yep. see any like trends or design notes out there to breaking that up? I mean, because that is something that I feel like has persisted um, yeah. for probably a long time. Now, there's always the exceptions. There's the like, why does Supreme blow up 10 years ago? Because they were doing something yeah. really cool with athletic fabrics or, or, or kind of technical fabrics. But, yes. you know, what what is happening? Is there anything to report back from the front here of like reasons to be excited? What is happening? Yes. And, and I'll start that off by saying, you know, when people say, why does everything look the same out there? And a big reason is because people buy it, you know? And so when you get yeah. the Supremes and you, I mean, it's not that these companies and the designers aren't trying new things. They are. Oh yeah. God. We, I mean, the things that we wanted to put out there, I'm sure, you know, um, and they don't get a lot of chance to live for very long and they don't sell. Um, and people like it. It's why runways put up crazy stuff on the runway, but that's not actually what they sell to their customers. Right. And people don't realize that, that it's art. So you make the crazy piece that gets the attention and you might get a few people that buy it. Um, but you're always, you know, same thing. You're going to get the crazy combination, but then you're going to sell solid black to most of the people, right? <laughs> I learned that lesson, uh, early in my career, I was a tech rep and we were at outdoor retailers working for Timberland. And I was yeah. helping out one of our reps, like show the line to a retailer. And we had like all these cool new styles. And there was like six really kind of funky colors that like we all the tech, we all wanted those, right? We wanted yes. the, like the greens and the oranges and stuff. Yeah. And those are the ones we pulled off the wall and showed it to the, the retailer. And then the retailer would be like, great. And they ordered uh, brown, gray, and grayish. <laughs> grayish was another <laughs> like, you know, another color that we had in the line. Color. And like nobody ordered green. And the reps were like, yeah, dude, no one's going to buy the green. <laughs> like, but if you, if you had showed them those three neutral, boring colors, yeah. the likelihood that they would be excited and buy as much as they did would be low. So right. understanding that piece is really important. The other thing that I noticed as I was kind of looking through some of the brands recently are little things like um, Arcteryx has a, a new capsule called the Year of the Dragon capsule. And it's clearly aimed at the Chinese market, mm-hmm. but it has a, it's an amazing video. And I just love the fact that they did it. That I mean, China's a huge market. I designed for them at Columbia Sportswear for, for many years. And um, it was just starting to grow, just starting to open up. But it's huge now. And there's tons of brands that we don't even know about. 
And I love the visibility of going to Arcteryx's site and seeing that video that's clearly made. I mean, the video is in another language. You know, it's, it's, I can't even tell what they're saying. Um, but it's beautiful. I love it. And it has a man climbing and it shows a woman in, out in the snow on the mountain. She's a dancer and she's mm. in a full snowsuit and an amazing looking jacket. And she's dancing and she, her movements are often mimicking what the climber is doing. That's interesting. And it's a crossover of, like, well, what does dancing have to do with outdoor and down suits and et cetera, et cetera. But being a you know, 30 plus year martial artist, I see a lot of crossover in music and dance and, and physical movements of all the different arts. And they use a lot of the same techniques and the same mindset. And a lot of us do many of them. So I, I think I love things like that. It's a beautiful look. It looks different than, than anything I've seen Arcteryx do. So stuff like that inspires me. Um, but then there was another thing I was, was, I don't know how to segue into this, but I was listening to the Business of Fashion podcast the other day, and Dan Levy was talking with John Anderson, a different uh, conversation there. And they were just talking about, um, it was between creativity and commerce. And just one Co uh, one comment that they made, uh, one of them had said, uh, brilliance can be boring. And mm. it's this idea of when certain brands, you're used to them being brilliant, you know, and you're saying, and you just kind of get bored with it. Like, oh, when this brand does something, it's going to be big. Okay. Yep. It's going to do this. And we know it's going to be, oh, okay, great. And people start to get bored with it and they stop seeing it. So I think with that, what that was telling me was it was talking to me about the concept of finding your own voice, your thousand true fans, but then also being disruptive and trying something new, that you've got to get out of your comfort zone. So I think a lot of these brands have to get out of their comfort zone and try something new. I, I think um, that's super important. I've, you know, I've been saying for a long time, you know, the whole we're still marketing based off of like tech, technical acumen and, and this shit has right. worked since the nineties. Like, come on guys, like stop telling me how warm it's going to, we expect it to keep us warm and dry right. and cool and safe and all of those things, Yeah, you know, yeah. and no one kind of re you mentioned like, you know, people were looking for something new. right. And it's, and it's that, and it's that sort of lack of acknowledgement that the people will. And I see, you see this sort of in everything like, like, well, you know, Marvel's really popular. So superhero films are going to be popular forever. Right. It's like, no, this is good. No. There's, it, it's going to fall off, you know, and then it'll, you know, what'll happen? It'll come back. You know, there's these yeah. human nature really plays a yeah. role in all of these things. Yeah. And the brands that, that are really successful, I think are the ones that kind of are able to sort of reinvent on the fly, able to sort of like see the trend coming. Yeah. Like your, your example of the, uh, the Chinese, uh, the Arcteryx, uh, uh, video in, in China, like that's a beautiful connection between two activities because we, as we've learned, yeah. no one only does one thing, right? You right. have a career in the right. outdoor industry and you've been doing martial arts, right? People play yeah. music, people cook, they do all of these things. And it's been, a, I don't know, I, I understand you have to market and, and create products for specific reasons and things like that. But isn't that also an opportunity to kind of tap into the sort of, you know, the, the, the multi, multifaceted nature of humans, right? Yeah. And people want to see themselves in it. I think a long time I was having this conversation with some, you know, leaders in the in the fabric world and you saying for a long time people were aspirational. They wanted to look towards these athletes and be amazing and and they, you know that that that's still there. But at the same time now people want to see themselves in the product. They still have an aspirational quality. Mm -hmm. Um but they want to see well where's me? Where's people who are kind of like me, meaning that person does 
this and this, and they love to cook, and they also play music, and they also, wow, okay, I, I'm, it gives people permission to tap into parts of themselves mm-hmm. and be okay with who they are. And I think the more we show lots of different types of people who have multitudes of things that they do, that for a long time, you didn't see that a lot of people were parents and had kids. And now right. you see that more because people need to see, well, how are you doing all of this? Because I'm trying to do this and raise a family, you know. And, and so um, people are starting to, I think that's part of the mental health piece as well, is, is uh, totally. understanding that, that we are well, all building, struggling. Building off of that, and this is a little off script, and I probably should have had it on the script for us. The I had a conversation this morning with Sophie Benson, who's an environmental journalist, and she's been on before. And she kind of she comes on a couple times a year just to kind of you know, chime in on what's happening in the fashion world at large from a sustainability nice. point of view. Yes. And obviously, that's always a huge topic. Uh, things, how are things being made? And is when you're talking approaching it from a design or trend element, how do things like circularity or you know the how do you approach those in terms of like even from a product development point of view, right? Because yeah. it does seem. It, we're not quite there yet. We're probably not as far along as we should be on that on that um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. leg of things. Uh, yep. But you have to. It has to start somewhere too. And you would think it almost would start on the design side, right? Yeah, I was actually just going through the McKinsey Business of Fashion pot, um, uh, report on uh, the, the state of fashion, and it was saying something like eighty percent of all sustainability impacts are are determined at the design phase. And as designers, we all, I mean, it's been a while since I've been working on a line, um, but the, the challenge of wanting to tackle that on the timeline, the calendar with the workload and the sales that, that rely on it um, is incredibly challenging, you know, because you, you have to come at it from way at the beginning when you're choosing fabrics. And then, you, right. you, you, like, how is it going to be made? You, there's a whole system that we're working on changing that you just, you can't just interject one little thing. I said that to Sophie, that it's, there's a, we need, everything needs to change. We're doing things wrong in a lot of cases, but it's also, we're doing things wrong because there is such an established infrastructure of how we do things. And she said the same thing. It's like, Hey, at the beginning, right. If you want this to be circular, it's like, well, then when you're designing and right and drawing the Mm -hmm. first sketches of that product, it needs to be okay. Then 10 years from now, we're going to ask for this back, right? I mean, yeah. that you have yeah. to you can start then. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the challenge for designers, I remember when um, I first joined the North Face, they brought, um, you know, some, a bunch of people in to speak and somebody came from Nike that had been working on this for, you know, already nine years. And this was, you know, 15 years ago or so. And she was working on sustainability there. And she was speaking to a room of, you know, a hundred designers and saying, we, we went through projects uh, of, of how, how can we make change in our process. And it was so overwhelming. We hit so many roadblocks, every group that worked on it. And she said, this is a problem that we can't change ourselves. We have to do it as an industry. We right. have to do it as the whole industry. Yeah. It's a huge ship. And so as a designer, when you're saying, I need to make these choices at the design level, and you're one little designer trying to do something in this huge system, that mm-hmm. needs to change at every single level. That's what we were facing, right. you know. And this is, you know, 15 years later, and here we we are finally making some changes because we have to. Mm-hmm. But the industry is doing it together. 
Well, let's so, make some predictions here. What do you what do you see coming? You know, we'll start like fashion trends, design trends. It can be business related. What what do you what do you think when we when we're coming back here in a year when you're looking back on 2024? What do you think is going to happen? The fashion trends. I mean, the same kind of thing. It's not about color. It's not about silhouette. Although you know, silhouettes are looser and bigger right now. Things are more blocky. And what's coming? I mean, Pantone can talk about you know their color of the year every year and sure. Really advise against using it as we often do um and then but, we'll just keep um, wearing black and it'll be fine <laughs> exactly because that <laughs> looks the coolest but uh the, it's it's the higher because those things now we've come to a place where there's a there's a lot more openness for lots of different looks and i think the trend is much more about being your own person finding your own identity connecting with the brand that connects with your identity. So meaning big brands are not going to be the thing for everybody and right. everybody shouldn't be doing the same silhouette and the same look because then there's too many people going after the same customer. We're still in the sea of sameness, right? Yeah. And there, and there's a lot of people out there who aren't being served. Right. So, you know, that's one way is, is to, um, I think that's the, the finding your, your thousand true fans um, as Kevin Kelly, the author, talks about in his book, and for big brands, it's a lot more than a thousand true fans. But it's the idea that you don't need everybody, right? But that you need those few. Um, you need the people that are your community, um, and so that is why following trends specifically, these lines, these colors, these prints, is 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 a problem because. There's a lot of people who don't like those um, certain ones. And you, like I said, there's a lot of people you're not serving. And so it's getting to be more about your specific customer um, and what you love. You know, who, what do you love yourself? And so for me, brands need to, the, the, the focus on uh, in trend now is the brand's purpose, who its community is. And that will dictate what colors they should use, what fabrics they should use, what styling they should do when they connect with their community. Uh, when they, and you want to create that emotional connection with, with your customer now. And you have to keep serving them. And so that's a huge piece of the trends is that's how brands can make themselves unique. Right. You know, is finding their community. Um, when we, you and I were talking about a brand like Cotopaxi, it's like, well, can they sustain that? That look over time, they have a great story now. And when that blocky, you know, uh, you know, hodgepodgey look shifts, but what they are doing very well is creating a community around that brand. Yeah. Yeah. I think their product needs to catch up to their community, frankly. Like they, they, they've known, if you look at their line and I know we, I didn't mean, don't mean to pick up them twice in one episode, but <laughs> like even their fleece and their base, some of their basics, it's like not great fabrics. It's not great choice. And like, I, you know, I'm sure it's cost driven and all that kind of stuff and good for them for finding some traction with the sort of 70 style right. color blocking. But to your point, like when that moves on, if that's all they are to somebody is that, that trend, right. well, then they need, oh, I just want a new puffy now like wait well they'll probably go buy the black one from somebody else right, but their community they, that they're building is strong they have to stay with their community and they have to find that they have to yeah. connect with their community and their community will let them know what their look should be right and if they don't have that they're, they're not dictating it to the community the community is working with them do you have so any that, brands to watch then if we're not going to do a, <laughs> a trend no. prediction is there any brand that kind of has impressed you they're kind of putting you on the spot 
there isn't a brand that I am going, oh my God, I'm so excited with where they're leading. And I think I'm watching a lot of people try things a little bit, try to find some footing, but I'm mm -hmm. not seeing enough trying of anything. That's a really good point. I see products I really like. I think the, you know, uh, I've given Houdini a lot of love on this podcast because they are embracing the circularity and they they seem like they're trying really hard to not just spout the normal greenwashing stuff. Uh, and their products are more basic and functional. And I really appreciate that about them. Aside from that, like I've seen some interesting products from brands like Taylor Stitch recently, but again, it's like more product driven versus like, wow, that brand is just straight killing it right now. Yeah, and I think there might be a different way we need to look at how brands are being successful. Yeah. You know, because when we say brands are killing it, well, what does killing it mean? That's and a great what point. It, what is what is their metric for that? And do they want to just find a product that hits and, and you know, solves the, you know, what keeps the company afloat? Um, do they want to tell a story? Like, what is their long-term goal? I actually went on the North Face site the other day. And I hate to keep talking about them, but I do, you know, look at that. Oh, they're a great I, example for this conversation. I, I, I actually really love their website. Um, when I opened it up, it, it was like, oh, finally, this is what I wanted it to look like when I worked here. <laughs> I had um, a few of those moments myself <laughs> with other brands. <laughs> Where, like, oh, at least you got there. I'm sorry I wasn't there to see it happen, but I'm glad <laughs> you got <know>. there. <laughs> I would really love to use those images with my pieces in my portfolio. Um, but And I go to some of the other, you know, websites, and I just, you know, I, the Mountain Hardwares, even the Patagonias and, and whatnot, they... Yeah, okay a vision of somebody skiing and then here's a bunch of jackets and then here's a bunch of this and they all look the same just like the jackets mm -hmm. Lo and yeah hardware at least tried to do a little bit of a throwback this year with their early yeah. 90s kind of trend yes. so i appreciated that and that was yes. their 30th anniversary celebration interesting font in there uh, totally and their colors they're doing a great job with the colors but at the right. same time like uh, and, and like I said, I didn't think the North Face was all that groundbreaking. It just yeah. was, the images were beautiful. They pulled me in and there was less white space and more images and they were more um, tied together in color. And I think that's something that the outdoor industry could do better with Sure, is how they tie their color stories together. So but with that, I'm, I've been around a long time. I'm, I'm kind of jaded in a lot of this. And so, you know, I think, you know, like we said, with the, with the trends, you know, you've got your brand community, which has to be there. Um, your climate urgency is, is a huge the thing that we are really focused on. We have to change this industry, which is where a lot of the focus is going. Mm -hmm. Health and well-being is the consumer feeling that is driving this industry. And I think there's um, a realistic optimism in mm. trending right now where um, people are resilient. We want to be optimistic. We yeah. want to believe the best. And when we go out in nature and we go hiking or walking even through the neighborhoods and you just see a beautiful sunset or you see something that just sparks you and you realize that you're human and why you're here. Um, but we have a huge dose of realism and realisticness that realism, I don't know if that's the right word, of reality that has been hoisted upon us in the last few sure. years. And I think people are taking that in and making different choices. So those trends are, are driving things. We can wrap it up there. Thanks again for coming on. This is great. Great insight into just the space and how to 
frankly, the approach to it. Um, yeah. I'd love to have you come on again in a few months, kind of check in, see where things are. Maybe we can, you know, talk, talk about a few stories that are in the news with uh, with some outdoor brands and or, or some fashion brands too. Oh, it's been great to talk about it. it it's great to reflect on what's going on and get that state of, of things. And um, you, with the work that you're doing, it's very positive. It keeps it very uplifted. And, and uh, But, you know, at the same time, it's a rock fight. You know, you, you like to throw that rock in the window. I better right? if I chose the name of the podcast correctly <laughs> if, it, if we're positive. But no, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. We'll definitely have you on again soon. Great. That's awesome. Thanks. All right, that's the show for today. But before you bounce over to that next podcast, you've queued up about Millie Alcock being cast as Supergirl and Superman Legacy. Please open up the podcast app where you're listening and touch the follow button to subscribe to The Rock Fight. If you want to go the extra mile like Supergirl would, please leave us a five-star rating and write a quick review. It could even be something as simple as, Colin is almost as good as Supergirl, but not quite, or something like that. Thanks to my guest, Michelle Rose. You can find her work at the links I put in the show notes. We'll be back on Friday with more ideas that aim for the head. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. And here to wrap it all up is my friend and yours, the pride of Gainesville, Florida, Mr. Krista Makes with the Rock Fight Fight Song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock Fight!